its rituals, believe it or not, today, because at the end of this episode, <laughs> excuse you. I'm not allowing you to finish that. <laughs> Just kidding. Keep going. Because at the end of this episode, we're going to decide whether the story I'm about to tell you is true or pure fiction. Oh, boy. Another one where we have to decide. Yeah, it's a thinker, just like them all. And you're about to hear the story of the Fox sisters. Not <gasps> not every detail, but enough to make a judgment call. But true or false, if you're committed to the world of spiritualism, you have them to thank for many aspects of your system of belief. Okay, all right, I'll give them a chance. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm M. Schultz. And I'm Christine Schieffer. Every week, we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. Today, we are talking about the Fox Sisters, which is one of my favorite topics. I love a good <laughs> spiritualist performer. A duo. A duo, a ragtag team, as I was just referring to me and Christine before we recorded. <laughs> We have talked about the Fox Sisters on That's Why I Drink in episode 201, if you're interested in more detail after this. But stay here first and then go listen to it That's Why I Drink. Yeah, because I'm excited to rehear this story that I apparently have heard before and already forget. Oh, good. Okay, good. Well, there are another pair of spooky performers during the rise of spiritualism and uh, one of my favorite topics. So let's crack into it. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. The main overarching argument about the Fox Sisters is whether they actually communicated with the deceased or was it all a prank that they couldn't reveal. Oh. So that being said, do you have any pranks that you've thrown out of your sleeve or any pranks happened to you in your time? Any memorable ones? I did something bad once and I it was <laughs> a prank. It was a prank to me and it nobody else thought it was particularly funny. What? Was it becoming a podcaster? Or? <laughs> My parents are like, tell us this is still a joke. <laughs> uh, an elaborate April Fool's Day prank. Um, no, when I was in first grade, I won't get into the details, but basically I thought it would be fun to hide in the coat room during recess. And then while everyone was on the <laughs> playground, I switched everybody's backpacks on their 
with their little name tags. Oh, that's hysterical. I thought it was great. But then the, uh, my friend Alyssa, who now is one of my good friends at the time, I had a big problem with her because I thought she was like all, you know, holier than thou because she was older than us by a few months. And so I was like, she thinks she's so cool. So I put her backpack in the boys' bathroom trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and then I snuck out and back onto the playground. And then chaos ensued when the buses came and everybody missed their bus. Alyssa missed dance practice and <laughs> everybody's parents had to be called. But like the funnest part to me is that I didn't speak English. At least I told everyone I didn't speak English. So nobody even once thought it was me. And they they had a, no one thought it was the weird German girl. Nobody thought it was me. It was amazing. Beg to differ. I would have clocked you a mile away. I'd have been like, <laughs> you would have for sure. Be like, I know what you're up to. You're too sneaky. You're too busy. Too quiet. You're not talking English. You've got something else going on. I bet. And we had a big like meeting where the entire first grade was gathered after school, and they had to talk to us. And they said, "We know who did it. So if you say it's you." Everyone close your eyes. And if you raise your hand and admit that it's you, then you're not going to get in as much trouble because we know who did it. And I was like, no, you don't. So, of course, I didn't yeah. raise my hand and they never figured out it was me. I like how you read the room where you were like, if you really know who it is, why do you need <laughs> exactly. me to raise my hand? Exactly. I was like, I'm not that stupid. And so they never figured out it was me. And then years later, Alyssa one day was like, man, it was so weird. This kid, remember that time that kid pulled that prank in first grade and like put my backpack in the trash? I was like, oh my God, yeah, that was me. And we had a little bumpy <laughs> friendship moment for a minute there. But I think she has since forgiven me. I would say your biggest prank to date is when as you mentioned in this story, you didn't tell your school for years <laughs> that you could speak English. <laughs> Nobody thought that was funny either. I had a great time. I literally, they for taught years. me sign language for all the songs and I just did that and I didn't have to speak. It was honestly the highlight of my life. And I was caught in my own game when they tried to offer me green beans. I famously hate green beans to this day. Um, and they tried to offer me green beans and I said, I don't like green beans. Thank you. And everybody froze. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. The, I the, ruined it. Is it the jig or the gig? One of them is up. The the Now I don't know either anymore. <laughs> the jig the jig is up. The jig is I up. I said it once wrong, and Em has never really let me live it down. But The gig is up. It's the jig. Okay. What about you, okay. Em? Any pranks? <laughs> Nothing compared to faking what language I speak for <laughs> years to the school I went to. Highly recommend, by the way. <laughs> If you could get away with it at this point in your yeah. life that you don't speak English, go Give for it. Give it a shot. Hmm. I don't think I have anything near that. I don't think I ever really pulled a lot of pranks. My mom was not about mischief. Oh, really? So <laughs> anytime I tried something, she would uh, shut crack it down. it down real yeah. quick. Yeah. There was one time my dad tried to scare my mom by like sneaking up the stairs and then he was going to scare her. And he... That's not a nice prank. I walked out and saw what he was doing. So I scared him in the middle of him trying to scare my mom and he jumped backwards and no, broke through the staircase and fell all the way down. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That's a little thing called karma. All right. <laughs> well, he broke a rib, but he's, he's oh, good geez. now. Oh, jeez. Um, it was fine. That he like had, your kind of, that's your prank. That's your ultimate prank. I didn't even, I walked into You it. pranked the prankster. <laughs> I, he learned and he especially learned he had to pay for a whole new set of stairs. Oh, but, that's you know. got to hurt. <laughs> and a rib. Oh. But, um, yeah, I don't think I think the best prank I ever did, I think, was uh, America's Hersene Shifter, yeah. which is my favorite cryptid to date, which you can listen all about on. And that's why I drink episode 226. Talk about hoodwinking. 
talk about hoodwinked. Let's just say America's Hersene Shifter is here today with us, and it's not me. And it's certainly not M. It's certainly not M, but it mm, is someone else mysterious. here right now. Well, you win in the prank game, I guess. I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> trying to, but thank you. I, I'm glad I, I won a trophy for something in my life. Well, good. Back to the pranks of the Fox sisters, or maybe not the pranks. We don't know for sure. But it seems like the absolute truth went to the grave with them. Oh. Do you think people in this area of like uh, spiritualist performance, do you think they should ever reveal their truth before it's too late? Yes. Come on. Would you want to know who's fake and who's not? Like, what if someone to their grave kept saying, no, it's true? Like, would you actually believe them? Well, no, if it, well, hmm. But what if they were? What if they were one of the the diamonds in the rough? You make a great point. Hmm. Do you have an opinion on this? Because now I'm thrown. I don't know. I wonder if it depends on what type of performance you're doing. Like, if you're claiming to talk to people's parents that have just yeah. passed on. But I feel like that's the last least likely person to admit that they're lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then there's other people who like just do like those like table wrappings, like just knock knocking on tables and knocking on doors. And yeah, if, I don't believe them. And if I found out that if they didn't tell me personally that it was them or that it was fake, I wouldn't like lose sleep over it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 I got you. But then I also wonder like if you're a medium and you're saying really nice things as if like if you're faking it, I still don't think it's morally okay at all. And I don't like I'm not totally for it. But if you think you're giving people some sort of grace by like saying something nice, maybe I don't know, then you put yourself in a weird gray oh, space. Because then if you lie or I'm sorry, then it, yeah, if you admit like, oh, I was lying the whole time, then all the people who felt comfort from your message. Like, exactly. now what? What is that worth? Yeah, that's a great plan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. What a conundrum. I think you have a moral obligation to be honest no matter what. But I also wonder, like, how are you helping or are you not helping by being honest? Great point. But you've put yourself in that situation anyway by potentially being a fraud. So I don't I like this is where Houdini needs to show up and just like tell everybody what's <laughs> just, real and what's not. I know. And I guess he, to him, everything's fake. So I think if I have to pick a side i'd say honesty is the best policy agreed but i don't know if that's always true i, I say agreed as i just told a story about how i never admitted to my <laughs> you can't say honesty is the best policy if you don't speak english you know oh you got me there <laughs> yeah i think it's a gray space i don't i don't know what's right and what's wrong i think there's a lot of circumstantial nuance yeah a lot of nuance anyway let's let's get into these fox sisters and you tell me at the end what you think they should have done great it started in 1848 with Maggie and Kate, who were the youngest of six kids living with their family in Hydesville, New York, which is about 30 miles from Rochester. Okay. Spiritualism begins in upstate New York, folks, in case you were wondering. Is that true? Yeah. Well, it all starts with them. So. Oh, so they're like the origin of this whole movement. Okay. 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 We'll, we'll get into it. Don't you worry, sweet Christine. Okay. <laughs> Rest your pretty little head. <laughs> <laughs> So that March, 1848, Maggie was 14 at the time and Kate was 11. So their children. Hijinks are going to ensue. There should have been a newspaper headline, Hijinks in Hydesville. Oh, I like that, Em. That's good. If it's not too late, 1848, please write one up. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. Okay, Maggie was 14, Kate was 11, when they started experiencing some strange and maybe scary stuff. Mm. They claimed that every time that they went to bed at night, they heard knocks on the walls and furniture. 
And they claimed that the noises were coming from the spirit of a murdered peddler. Wait, what? That's quite a jump. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a raccoon. Oh, no, we're not. Okay, we're going a different direction with this. Which also, if all you're hearing are knocks, how do you you know it's a peddler who's been murdered? Unless you do one of those really complicated, like, knock once for every letter. Morse code knocking. Oh, my gosh, yeah. By the way, a peddler, for anyone wondering, is someone who travels around selling stuff. Okay. And I was going to say like a peddler. Yeah, Christine. Yeah, you get it. Well, I I mix up peddler with vagabond. You had a a murdered vagabond in your house. I don't think you had been murdered. but I don't know if he was murdered, but he was certainly dead and a ghost in your house. He just knocked and knocked and knocked. He called himself a vagabond when we used a Ouija board with him. We asked what his job was and he said vagabond and I felt a kinship with him ever since. Well, I think it was when we asked him what his favorite food was and he said gin. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. You're right. I'm lying. This is one of those times I wonder if the Ouija board works or if Christine was just spelling things (laughs) to me. practicing my English. (laughs) I wasn't very good at it yet. So they say that there's this murdered peddler knocking on their furniture at night. Sure. And their neighbor heard what they were claiming Mm. and was obviously skeptical. So naturally, she wanted to experience it herself, which this is the ultimate noisy neighbor move of like, I want in on the drama. Wait, you said noisy neighbor. I think you meant nosy, but I like noisy too. Oh, nosy neighbor about the noisy. Yeah, I feel like they both kind of work. Yes, the ultimate nosy neighbor move. Because I, I do feel like if you're hearing that the family's going through something and your first step is, I'd like to insert myself yeah. to, into this narrative. It's like, Karen, you don't come into the children's bedroom. No one invited you here. Uh, someone did, and it was her, I, actually. I, it was herself, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with the neighbor and their mother as witnesses, uh, Maggie and Kate got into bed and they began to make the same demands of the alleged spirit. They demanded it to count to certain numbers by knocking, and it would. Mm-hmm. And they even asked the spirit to tell the neighbor's age. And they heard 33 knocks, and it was right about her age. Oh, well, that that goes to show, Karen, now she's like, now she's called out because she's been telling everyone she's 29. <laughs> Only for the fourth time. <laughs> Only okay? for the fourth time. So they asked it to answer yes or no questions using one knock for yes or none for no. And it played that game with them. And the yes or no questions were all about who the spirit was uh, when he was alive and how he died. So one thing no one seemed to notice was the date all this was happening was the day before April Fool's. Okay. Okay. I guess we just ignore that for the rest (laughs) of time and the entire spiritualist movement. Just a coincidence. A little quinky dink. Mm -hmm. And... At that point, the experience seemed very real and had affected the Fox family enough to leave their house. So, oh my gosh, didn't feel like a coinkydink to them. Felt like a yeah, a real situation, no joking matter. Which, by the way, if this all was a prank, can you imagine no. Maggie and Kate being like, "Oh shit, we're too far." Moving? Yeah, yeah, we we don't know how to stop because now it's too late to. Co- what do you say? Like, I was sorry you sold the house, mom. We were just kidding. I mean, awkward. Uh, so Maggie and Kate were sent. I guess they moved into a house that was like too small for all of their family because Maggie and Kate were then sent to go live with their older sister, Leah, in Rochester and like not with the family. They were just (laughs) in too much trouble. I wonder if the family was like, the two of you might be the reason for this. Let's have you go somewhere else. Take your murdered peddler with you. (laughs) Right. Leah, you take them now. It's your turn. It's your job. Big sister role. Take the ghost (laughs) and your two mischievous kids, Uh two mischievous siblings. Soon after they moved in with Leah, Maggie and Kate would be thrust into the spotlight and helped create what would become modern spiritualism. Wow. Okay. So 
Leah said, if they're going to live with me, we're going to do something cool. (laughs) Something big. (laughs) Up next, we'll get into the Fox sisters' national celebrity and in the end decide whether we think it was all fake to begin with. Okay, I mean, I have my thoughts already, but I'll let you finish. (laughs) Thank you. Finally. Okay. They say time heals all wounds, but sometimes time can do anything but. Welcome to Cold Cases, the new Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Carter Roy. Every Monday, join me as I revisit the clues and miscues of some of the most elusive criminal cases in history. From burglary and arson to kidnappings and murder, each episode of Cold Cases explores the many types of crime the many ways they remain unsolved, and how long it takes to find the answers, if ever. Will justice be served? Only time will tell. Follow Cold Cases free and only on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So March 1848, the Fox sisters, Maggie and Kate, have possibly connected to a real spirit or having pulled off an April Fool's joke, caused the family (laughs) to flee their home. And the two girls went to live with their sister, Leah, in Rochester. Okay. And Maggie and Kate originally connected with the spirit of a dead peddler, allegedly, in their home. But soon people realized that the girls could conjure other spirits as well when they started doing more demonstrations for people. Mm -hmm. This brought a lot of attention to Maggie and Kate. So their older sister, Leah, took advantage of the situation and created a spiritualistic society. Okay, I I like that move. I mean, you might as well. Leah was uh, just hurting to be a part of a PR team, I think, because right, she, she was the boss babe of her time. She was. She, well, it was like hmm, 1848. I either become a spiritualistic society girl boss or I stay home and be a housewife. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Tough choice. Tough what choice. to do? What to do? No, she really was like, of all of these uh, Fox sisters, I'm not going to be the forgotten one. Yeah, I, I guess not. But she is still kind of playing a background role, right? Like she didn't get to insert herself as much I'm imagining like she had to be the manager sort of I guess maybe she got the financial reward the momager the sisager the momager yeah exactly I guess she was like she got to brag about being the reason that they took off right that's true she was like the pulling the strings okay I mean Kris Jenner certainly has a lot of things to brag about even though she's not like technically one of the Kardashians you're 100% right I get it. And this is sort of where modern spiritualism, as we know it, starts to take shape, which I feel like spiritualists, by the way, should have stuck with the name Spiritualistic Society because that sounds so badass. I love that. I do, too. But so this is where spiritualism takes off. So the society that Leah created, which, by the way, again, now that we could say she basically created spiritualism, certainly had nothing to poo-poo on. No kidding. She created it using some pieces of religion, including hymns, being used to open and close a session. And they would call these sessions seances. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Leah started touring the girls around the country. Mm -hmm. So now she's also a tour manager. And 
they were a hit with people wanting to chat with their deceased loved ones. Okay, so this oh, is where we boy. get into some problematic stuff. Exactly. Leah claimed that other stuff then started to happen because I guess they were so involved in this world now. And this included tables moving, doors opening and shutting on their own, and people saying that they were feeling like they were being touched by cold hands. Oh, oh, ew, that just gave me the creeps. Did you feel like you were touched by yeah. cold hands? I feel like if someone touched me with a cold hand, like in a seance, I feel like their hijinks would be over because I would just like instinctively like punch backwards <laughs> or like... I feel like that's probably you at a, uh, a Halloween haunt house. It is. I can't do them. I get so violent. I always go actually with a different Christine. Yeah. She's like my go-to. The fun one. The fun Christine. <laughs> the one who will go to Halloween jump scares with me. Yeah. <laughs> but she has to physically hold both of her hands together and like up against her chest. And I have to stand in front of her when we go through them because otherwise she, she'll punch. And so. Well, yeah, because if someone scares you, it's like, I mean, my reaction is to like lash out. So I feel like if a cold hand grabbed me. <laughs> I'd grab the hand and then be like, I gotcha. Mine is to people, please. And when they scare me, I go, I like your costume. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What cold, clammy hands you have. My, my. <laughs> so now cold hands are touching people. Ugh. And this was all blamed on invisible spirits, which became the conceptual mm. foundation of what would be called spiritualism. That is pretty cool. Now, of course, when something as wild as communicating with the dead comes up, you'll have those who want definitive proof. So me, you, both of our partners, not me. It's <laughs> like, I already believe like, it. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with whatever happens. So some folks started looking into what the Fox sisters were claiming. It first started with a couple community leaders and Rochester residents investigating the sisters' original story. Mm. about the peddler who was allegedly murdered in the family's farmhouse years before the knocking started. Okay. They examined the basement of the house and found strands of hair and what appeared to be bone fragments. What? So, to I guess, to help them further the storyline that there was, in fact, a murdered peddler on site. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But here's my thing. It was 1848. There was no DNA. Like, they found hair in a place where people lived, and bone fragments could have been, like, it was a farmhouse. It could have been a rat or something. Like, who knows? <laughs> I think they would probably know as people who worked in farms. I guess so. At farms, whether it was an animal bone. But I mean, you know. I mean, there could have also been a person murdered in their house. I feel like both are, I feel like a rat is maybe more realistic. Or if there was a, someone who died on their property, why would it be in their house versus, like, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with some sort of back and forth. I mean... This is the first time I'm seeing any sort of evidence and you're saying, oh, no, now I'm skeptical. I'm like, wait, they found human hair and bones. The okay, human hair part does not. I could literally walk into any part of my place and find human hair. You know what I mean? The bone right. part is that odd. part. The bone part's odd. The bone. <laughs> yeah, you could say it's odd. Um, I guess. I mean, I guess back then, first of all, I just want to point out before someone tweets at us. My favorite thing is when you say there was no DNA back then. Well, I know. Yeah, there was. You know, sorry. We, you know what we mean. Second of all. Like, I guess people didn't necessarily get buried in cemeteries. Like, sometimes people were buried on the land that they lived That's on. That's true. So maybe it was somebody who passed away there. But it shouldn't be in the basement, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, especially if it's only a part of the bones. It's like, uh... Yeah, great point. I don't know. Okay, great the bone point. part, I will give you. The bone part's weird. But the hair part... I just feel like farmers know if it's a, a rat skeleton versus... You're right. You're, you know right, I mean? you're right. But I do think the hair part know. is like, you could find hair anywhere. Especially when yeah, that, a family true. of like eight are living there and you're wondering where 
hair came from. That's a very good point. So the community also decided to rent a hall in Rochester where they filled 400 people into the room to experience Maggie and Kate do their thing and make the noises happen again. Okay. After the demonstration, Maggie and Kate were, yikes, stripped of their clothes (gasps) in a private room as minors to see if they were wearing anything that would help create their noises. Okay. When it says they were stripped in a private room, who knows how many people were in that private room? Private room, right? Someone's examining it. Like someone that is not your parents, and even then I don't like that. So, like, I don't understand. But they did it to see if they had anything on them, and they did not. Mm-hmm. And nothing was found on them that would show that this was an obvious hoax. So okay. I guess they had to believe it at this point. So Maggie and Kate started getting back out there to do more professional shows, and their older sister Leah was still handling their career at this point. And she even helped them book a suite at Barnum's Hotel in New York City, which was owned by oh. the cousin of P.T. Barnum. Oh, ooh la la. I know. Well, if you're doing something magical, it makes sense that you should go to a Barnum hotel, right? I agree. So they put on their act in the hotel's parlor, and admission was $1 for around 30 New York elites at a time that sat around a big table during each show, and they occasionally also did private sessions between their shows. Okay, okay. The influential people that showed up also spread the word, furthering even more that all of this was real. Okay, so they were, they everyone was believing this. Not everyone, but like people attending the events were believing it. Word of mouth was was pretty crazy. Okay. So people are talking about them like crazy, even though an editorial in the Scientific American made fun of them and called the girls the spiritual knockers of Rochester. Okay, that doesn't sound that that rude yeah also scientific american is talking about you so like yeah right any like i'm sure leo was like yeah any press is good press again imagine if all of this is fake and now like celebrities and wealthy elites and the scientific american is talking about you they're like debating about whether what you're doing is real and they're yeah. like we're 11 and just wanted to like do a show in our living room for our parents it was april fools how does nobody get that so maggie and kate are also at the same time continuing to travel to other cities and do their shows Wow. So they have just become hot shots. In Philadelphia, though, Maggie meets a man and falls in love with him that is 13 Uh years older than her. Okay. He is an explorer. I can't believe that used to be a job title. You would just tell people. Wait, what? Me too. (laughs) What are you, Nigel (laughs) Thornberry? What? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, was it Nigel Thornberry? It was a man named Elijah Kent Kane. Okay. And the twist was Elijah was Nigel Thornberry. I'm just kidding. The twist <laughs> The twist was Elijah <laughs> didn't believe in Maggie's supposed abilities. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. I don't know what, why she fell for him then. Maybe she found that charming. Like, oh, finally, somebody who isn't in awe of me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and he also, he couldn't prove how they made the sounds. He still didn't believe it. And he pushed her to give up the deceit. And she did. <gasps> What, like she stopped? She stopped. She quit doing seances with her sister. She went back to school and she married him just before he died in 1857. (gasps) Whoa. And to honor his memory after he died, she converted to Catholicism. Okay. I mean, okay. (laughs) I feel the same way. No comment. (laughs) I read that and I went, huh, interesting way to honor a memory. What a choice. Okay. I guess the exact opposite of spiritualism. Okay. Yeah. Maggie did also start drinking heavily, But despite it all, she Mm. kept her promise to her late husband to stay away from spiritualism. 
I spy with my little eyes several red flags about Elijah, by the way. A hundred percent. I'm like, after his death, she still feels like she needs to like fulfill some promise that he met her. She was successful doing this thing that he, by the way, didn't believe in. And yet was like, but you can't do it anymore. I wasn't there to confirm or deny this, but I have a feeling Elisha was a mastermind at gaslighting. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels he feels very controlling. I don't know him. Maybe he's not. And also, you know what? Maybe he saw through the bullshit and called her out and maybe she needed someone to like, quote, make an honest woman out of her. Gross. But like, like, like a true honesty, like come clean about this honesty. Yeah. Maybe she needed someone to give her an out. Like maybe she wanted out, you know, we don't. Yeah. So maybe he was exactly what she needed. But at the same time, it does sound like he just strolls in, calls himself an explorer. Okay. And then he says, (laughs) I don't believe in your stuff. Give it up. Also, you should um, not at all touch spiritualism ever again. So I'm going to die now and you should be Catholic. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) That... (laughs) No, you're not wrong. I'm sorry. Elijah doesn't sound like someone I'd invite to a party, but... um, (laughs) Not if he's trying to figure out where all the knocking's coming from. I'm like, just enjoy the party, man. He's certainly not invited to my seances. That's for no, sure. Oh, hell no. Here's the thing. Kate also got married, but to a devout spiritualist. So Maggie wow. went one direction and Kate said, I see where you went and I'm doing the exact opposite. Love it. So she marries this devout spiritualist. She also begins drinking heavily mm. and she also kept building on her medium abilities. And then on October 21st, 1888, 40 years after they revealed their alleged abilities, a public speech by Maggie Fox would reveal the truth about it all. <gasps> what? I don't remember this. Okay, I'm, I'm excited. Coming up, find out just what Maggie revealed in her speech. But it's what she did after that keeps us guessing. Are the Fox sisters frauds, Christine? I don't know. Now I'm confused, M. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. On October 21st, 1888, the New York World published an interview with Maggie Fox, after which she was set to make a speech at the New York Academy of Music. Mm. And during the speech, she planned to publicly denounce spiritualism while also supporting her sister Kate, who had been the target of some bad press, mainly because of her drinking. Oh, that's harsh. And Kate was expected to be in the audience to support Maggie. And during her speech, she revealed the truth about her and Kate's famous medium abilities. She said, quote, 
My sister Katie and myself were very young children when this horrible deception began. At night, when we went to bed, we used to tie an apple on a string and move the string up and down, causing the apple to bump on the floor. Or we would drop the apple on the floor, making a strange noise every time it would rebound. Oh, my goodness. That was one bruised up apple after they said the neighbors ate it 33. <laughs> There's just a bang, 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 bang. Honestly. It was just like up the pit at that point. Just the seeds. <laughs> oh. And Maggie and Kate then expanded their tricks by using their knuckles, joints, and toes to make the sounds. Okay, I remember this because you kind of were weirded out by that. And I said, oh, I can do that with my foot. That's the most psychotic part of it all is you were like, (laughs) oh, I can do exactly what they do. What? I can. I mean, again, I have a history of trying to pull these sorts of pranks, but I can do that with my foot. Yeah. And I did it on the podcast and you were not happy about it. So I'm not going to do it here. So then here's this. So Maggie said. Quote, a great many people, when they hear the noises, imagine at once that the spirits are touching them. It is a very common delusion, which is weird because I've never heard something and then felt touched. Although maybe maybe it's like, oh, I get a chill and you're like, oh, a spirit is here. That's got to be it, right? Because I feel like that's the hardest part for me to believe. Like, oh, and you hear something, the spirits are touching you. I'm like, "Mm, that one I don't agree with. Maybe that's what they mean. Like, oh, it it just gives you a chill or something. It's got to be like a metaphysical touch. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But anyways, that was another thing that Maggie said in it. And she also threw her older sister Leah under the bus by saying she knew it was fake all along. (laughs) Okay. We'll leave Leah out of it. She even started helping them pull off the tricks when they were (gasps) traveling during their shows. Okay. I mean, I'm fully on board now that this was all, I thought so from the beginning, but now why would I not believe that they're faking it? I appreciate the scandal that Maggie was trying to do. Um, (laughs) Like, uh, Leah must have been pissed. Leah must have been like, yeah, yo, what? I, you could have at least pretended I didn't know and was just managing the show. Why'd you have to throw me into this? But also remember, Maggie was also the one who was a devout Catholic now. So maybe she felt the need to even if all this was real, maybe she felt the, the need to denounce it for Jesus oh, or something, you know? The, for Jesus' sake. <laughs> I assume. So she's like, oh, I know. We put an apple on a string. Yeah, this is not my ticket to heaven, so I gotta, <laughs> you gotta say some things. But then a year later, Maggie takes it all back and said she didn't mean what? it. Wait, wait, you can't do that. Was she legitimate the first time or was she only doing that for Catholicism and now she's taking it back and what does that mean? And... Also, this did not go over well for her with the spiritualists, her little tasty backsy. Yeah. (laughs) Because, first of all, obviously the spiritualists don't know what to believe anymore. And they started this whole movement. So now the spiritualists who follow this movement are like, wait a minute, is this all is all this a sham? And after that, obviously, Maggie and Leah never reconciled. Oh, I bet. I can't imagine uh, them reconciling after that. That's tough. And Leah died in 1890. And Kate died two years later. And then Maggie died eight months after her in March 1893. Okay. So they just never reconciled. Despite the unclear truth about their story, the Fox sisters' impact on the spiritualist movement is very real, obviously. It's how we got to where we are, talking about spiritualist stuff. For real. And almost 50 years after the Fox sisters' initial claim of the knockings in their home, the National Spiritualist Association was formed in 1893. And today it's known as the National Spiritualist Association of Churches. And we have this podcast where we talk about so many elements of spiritualism, many of which can probably be tracked back to Maggie and Katie Fox. I am inclined to believe, you have not even asked me, and I'm sorry to just interject, but I'm inclined to believe that they got wrapped up in a lie, in a a prank. Like it it was meant to be a harmless 
prank, which seemed like it was working and was pretty successful, and then it got out of hand is what I believe happened. First of all, totally agree with you that these children might have gotten caught up in a prank and it went too far. I feel like there should just be a Hallmark movie of, you know, like the Avengers, it's like everyone gets an origin story and then they all come together. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there should be a situation where like all of these children who fake mediumship just come together and just come up with the best lie and then they have to fight Houdini. I just feel like there's a real connection with how many children there are that make something up. Like Roland Doe also. There's the Davenport brothers who we haven't even talked about. There's Houdini with all of his mediums that he knows. There's just so many people of all ages that are being caught. Jeff the Mongoose. Jeff the Mongoose. They're either being caught or they're highly suspected to be faking this. It's just very interesting. I feel like it often starts. I mean, what if back in the first grade I had said, no, I saw a ghost moving all the bags to different. Well, then I just would have got See, I was smart enough to know that that's not going to work. Well, they would have been like, she speaks English. No, right, yeah, you know, good like point. A, <laughs> I would have had to say in German. <laughs> well, but they wouldn't have cared about the ghost part. They would have been like, holy crap. She <laughs> it's <talks."> a miracle. <laughs> no, I do agree with you. Uh, just to sum it up without all of my tangents, I will say I do agree with you that I feel like they probably just had like, they went to put on a show for their parents in their living room and it just, the parents believed it into it too much too much yeah and i think it was a great prank like i think it's a great prank it's relatively harmless until it gets out of hand and Mm -hmm. uh it seemed like they had come up with some pretty cool i mean today maybe they'd be in stem they're coming up with these cool pulley lever systems and stuff that is a great way to uh, just all of the people who claimed mediumship in the 1800s should have been in stem and probably just did. Okay, I didn't say all of them i said these two with their apple pulley anyone like the fox sisters had a chance in stem uh, had they used their powers for good? Well, had they been born in a different time period, I imagine that they weren't welcome in the field of STEM in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> they were like, "Go back to your, go back to your clairvoyance. You, you know nothing about STEM. Do a freak show for us at the Barnum <laughs> Hotel." <laughs> okay, let's end it on that. Definitely. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from Talking to the Dead, Kate and Maggie Fox and the Rise of Spiritualism by Barbara Weisberg, Smithsonian Magazine, A Skeleton's Tale, The Origins of Modern Spiritualism, The Missing Link and Modern Spiritualism by A. Leah Underhill, The Pittsburgh Dispatch, The Evening Star, The National Spiritualist Association of Churches, The New Yorker, and Victorian Women and the Theater of Trance, Mediums, Spiritualists, and Mesmerists in Performance by Amy Lemon. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at VM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schieffer. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Sapphire Williams. Fact-checking by Anya Bayerly. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Hi, I'm Carter Roy, host of the Spotify original from ParCast, Cold Cases. From burglary and arson to kidnappings and murder, explore the many types of crime, the many ways they remain unsolved, 
and how long it takes to find the answers, if ever. Catch a new episode of Cold Cases every Monday. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.